Welcome to Slate Church Online. We are so glad that you're tuning in today, and we pray that this message will bless you no matter where you're watching from. If this message impacts you today, we would love to hear about it. Send an email to mystory@slatechurch.com. Hey, good evening, 4 p.m. How are you doing tonight? Doing good? Fantastic. Why don't you take a seat? As you take a seat, turn to the person beside you. Tell them that you're looking good tonight. Tell them with the level of honesty that you actually mean it. You mean it. Look, we're, we're sounding, look, here's, here's something that we're going to do really quickly as I pull my computer up and, uh, and start to get my notes established here. Why don't you take 10 seconds here and just introduce yourself to the person to your left and the person to your right. We might have done this already. Just do it again anyways. Introduce yourself. Get to know the person sitting to your left and to your right. Cool, 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 cool. Well, hey, how cool is this that we are in church together on the second Sunday of 2020, man? What a day to be alive, a new decade. And uh, man, if people keep talking about the whole new decade thing, I'm going to lose my mind. People are just like, everything is like, oh, it's the first time we're doing this in the new decade. This is the first time that I'm like taking a shower in the new decade. It's like, nobody cares. We're done with the decade thing. It's fine. But um, somebody made a joke uh, last week, it was actually my wife, and she said, uh, it was the first Sunday of the decade, and she said, hey, if it was your goal to go to church every single Sunday this decade, uh, you're right on track, and if you were there last week and now you're here this week, you're still right on track, you're doing good. Come on, give yourself a round of applause tonight for that. That's pretty phenomenal. Hey, look, for, for those of you who I haven't had a chance to meet yet um, and who I don't know, which actually there's a lot of uh, new faces in the, in the like, uh, congregation audience crowd, I don't know, well, tonight, people sitting that are here in this church together. A lot of people that I haven't had a chance to meet yet, so I want to introduce myself. My name is Jared Moore. I am one of the executive pastors here at Slate Church, uh, uh, alongside my friend Ben Yancey. Could potentially be my best friend, I'm not sure. I would say maybe yes. And, uh, and we have the honor of, uh, of being, being executive pastors here at church, and part of uh, my responsibility as executive pastor here at Slate Church is that uh, my wife and I, we get to be the site pastor for our morning services um, that are currently at the end of Waterloo, but how exciting that they will soon be at Blue Vale Collegiate Institute, which is going to be a good time coming up. And, um, and so that, it's been a, a real honor to be able to do that and to be able to, to uh, get to know our morning services really well. And it's an honor to come and, and speak tonight. And, and I get to do all of this stuff and, and be a part of such an incredible community under the leadership of our lead pastors here at Slate Church. And so uh, what's really, really cool tonight is that um, um, the amount of speaking opportunities on this platform that there are this evening, uh, our lead pastors have only jumped in for one of them. And that just speaks to their own testament of their uh, ability to release other people into their giftings. And, um, and even just like, not that they need to hear this, but even just for me to, to communicate this, and just their confidence in, in the, the, the calling that God's placed on their life. They're not guarding and protecting things, but they're actually releasing other people into them. And so um, one of the things that we, that we don't always do as a, as a society really well is to honor people and to thank them. And what we're really
really good at sometimes is, is self-promotion, right? Um, in this age of like Instagram and social media, we can promote ourselves really well, but we don't always take time to stop and pause and look back at people that have allowed us to be where we are and maybe have created spaces to allow us to gather as we have. And so we've got four phenomenal lead pastors, pastors Luke and Victoria Becker and pastors Brandon and Emma Richardson. And so can we put our hands together and just show them some honor as a church tonight? They're the best. They are the best. And, and you know what else is the best? There's so many bests tonight. Another best is, uh, is to actually be in church together. I'm, I'm really, really excited about this evening. I think there's something special here tonight. There's an excitement and an anticipation and, a, and an energy in the 4 p.m. service. Uh, maybe it takes a little bit to get there, but I think we're getting there. And I'm looking forward to all that God is, is going to do. If I'm going to be uh, really honest, this morning on my way to church as we were driving there, um, it's been a really like a busy week this past week for my wife and myself. We uh, both were in the wedding party of a, of a wedding for some really close friends of ours. And so mix that in with all this cool announcement of uh, the morning services that we get to oversee, kind of changing locations, uh, mixed in with everything that is today. I was coming to church just with a lot on my mind, right? I was coming into, into church this morning and there's a lot rolling around and I was just kind of like wrestling with stuff and my, my brain was distracted. And to be honest, I was kind of dragging my feet a little bit. If I'm, if I'm going to be real, I was sort of like, ah, oh, man, okay, here we go, and let's, let's open the doors, and we're coming in, and uh, the first person that I saw when I opened the door uh, to church was a gentleman named Mark Kitzman. I don't know if you know Mark, and Mark is the best. He is on our, another best for this year and for this night, and he's the best, and he's on our uh, muscle team in the morning that Pastor Brandon was just talking about, and right away, I walk in the doors, and he goes, hey, man, what an incredible day. Why don't you come on in? We're, like, setting stuff up here. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, this is awesome, and then I walk over, and another guy's name name is Jay Gingrich, and he's another phenomenal person on our morning muscle team, and he just like gives me a big wave and gives me a hug and says, oh, it's good to see you, and then uh, another friend, Lauren Argue, she's uh, on the stage, and she's setting up her bass to play some music, and she uh, gives me a wave, and immediately, my mindset shifted, and my heart shifted, and just something like kind of released, and I was like, wow, this is, this is really cool, actually. What we get to do is really, really cool, and, and now, suddenly, from a place where I'm dragging my feet in frustration, I'm excited about what God is going to do, and, and that's really, really cool, and that's really, really beneficial, and so I think tonight, uh, let's not forget the significance of what we're doing as we gather and, and just the joy that can be uh, in a room like this as we gather around the word of God, as we get to worship and, and, uh, and praise him together. But beyond all of that stuff, let's not forget about the significance of the fact that God is actually present with us tonight. That uh, the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, his presence is actually there with them. And the other thing is where his presence is, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And so tonight, whether you've come in with frustration or anxiety or worry or fear, there's freedom over all of those things tonight as we gather in this place and as we look to Jesus. And so all of that stuff just gets me really, really excited to be here, really, really excited to uh, share some of the stuff that God's put on my heart. Um, are you excited this evening? Yeah? Nate is so excited. Can you believe that Nate said buttload from the platform tonight? Who does that, man? What a crazy thing. Well, hey, look, let's, let's really lean in here because uh, I, got, I got really one thing that I want to share tonight, and I'm going to um, approach it from a couple of different directions, and, uh, and we're going to wrestle through it together this evening. And, uh, and this is a cool moment because I get to share something God's put on my heart, but we get to get to talk about it and wrestle with it together. And so if you've never been to Slate Church or maybe this is your first time, um, you can uh, it, you know take your cues from Nate this evening, and you can be vocal. If you like something, you can say, that's good. You can say amen. Uh, the one that Pastor Luke has introduced to us recently is Pop the 
the clutch. And uh, that one is like, you got to be really saying something good for somebody to say that one. But uh, we'll take anything uh, within the boundaries and limits of what's okay. But, um, but yeah, I just want to invite you to give a little feedback. Get excited about what God is doing here. Help me preach this tonight. Help me wrestle with this tonight. The idea is is this. You can write down if you're looking for a message for the, for the title, or the, the message for the title. A title for the message, or a message for the title, I don't know. You can write down this. It takes time. Or a matter of time. Or it takes a matter of time. Or, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's all. It takes time. It takes time. Or a matter of time. Hey, why don't we open up our Bibles. We're going to turn to Matthew no, 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 I didn't tell you what we're talking about tonight. Okay, it takes time. And the thing that we're, we're going to wrestle with and that we're going to talk about this evening is this idea of what it actually looks like to have a genuine relationship with Jesus. What it actually looks like to be in relationship with God. We know, like, maybe for some of us here in the room, we've heard that, that God loves us so much that he sent his one and only son to earth to die on the cross to take on the sin of mankind so that he could have a relationship with us. And maybe we understand that we can have a relationship with God and that that door is open, but maybe we get a little bit confused about what that looks like to actually have relationship with Jesus, to know Jesus, to love Jesus. Like, okay, there's this guy, Jesus, and maybe he's God and all of these things, but what does it actually look like to get to know him and then beyond even getting to know him, actually loving who he is? So we're going to dig into that a little bit, but we're going to start in the book of Matthew. So if you got your Bible, you can open your Bible to the book of Matthew. And we're going to open it to chapter 7, verse 21 to 28. And this is Jesus, and he's speaking to a gathering of people. And it's, it's, uh, it's part of a passage of the Bible where Jesus is actually communicating a lot of stuff in this passage of Scripture. It's about two or three chapters long. And there's a lot of like really, really powerful information that Jesus is communicating to this multitude of people that have gathered around. And this is sort of um, the end of that time together. It's the end of this big sermon that God has given, that Jesus has given people. And it's sort of some of the, the closing remarks. And I just want to read it really quickly. Matthew 7, 21 to verse 28. If you're there, say, I'm there. Oh, lots of people are there. All right, here we go. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Verse 24, it says this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Everybody say here. Everybody say practice. It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everybody who hears these words of mine, everybody say hears, hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down and the streams rose. And the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Why don't we take a minute and pray together this evening? God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come into church tonight, to come into Maxwell's and to gather uh, around your word. 
to gather around just you, God. Thank you that your presence is here with us. Thank you for the incredible time of worship that we had to just fix our eyes on you and fix our attention on you. And regardless of what our weeks look like, to just take a moment and pause and look to you. And so as we dig into this passage, God, as we dig into your word tonight, um, I just ask that you would reveal new things to us, things that we need to hear, things that we need to understand, things that we need to learn, God, and reveal things to us that only you can in ways that only you can. We love you, Jesus, and I just pray that as I speak, that you would speak through me, God, and that you would speak in spite of me, God. We love you. In your name we pray, and everybody said, amen. Amen. So, my wife and I, were coming back, uh, getting back into the routine of things uh, here at church, but also in the routine of things uh, in our life. We had uh, a good holiday season over the last couple of weeks. Anybody have a good holiday season where you just got some time to hang out? Cool. I've been talking to people about this and just kind of asking, like, hey, how are your holidays? And, uh, and the majority of the answers that I've gotten back have all been very similar. And they, they kind of go like this. We didn't do anything. Like, over the holidays, we just sat and we ate food and we chilled. And that was all that we did. And uh, that makes me feel good because that's exactly what we did over the holidays. We didn't go anywhere cool. We didn't take any trips anywhere. Uh, we visited my family out in Montreal. And we just, like, sat and watched movies and didn't really do anything. I read half a book to say that I read something over the break, and then I closed that book and watched like 15 movies. And uh, I, I, got, I came back and I talked to a friend of mine uh, out in the lobby the other day, and he was uh, saying that he read, over the course of the two weeks, he read 14 books. What in the world? I was like, dude, I watched 14 movies. And that was in one week, bro. So we, we didn't really do anything. We just hung out with my family, and uh, it was great to just uh, have them uh, cook for us and, uh, and kind of clean stuff up, and I would try to help, and then I'd get tired by helping a little bit and go sit back down on the couch. And uh, yeah, actually, that's true. And, um, and it was fun. It was just a good time, and it was really, really good to just be back with family for a little bit and just, like, do stuff with them, like, around the house. Like, you're just kind of, like, being there together, not really doing things, sometimes not even talking, but you're just, like, in the same space doing stuff together. It was really, really refreshing. It was really fun. And uh, I learned two things on this trip uh, to Montreal. One was solidified in my uh, heart, and the other one uh, I just kind of was reminded of. The first thing that was solidified in my heart is that people in Montreal don't know how to drive. That was like a big thing that I learned. And uh, uh, Frankie, I love you, man. I know you're from out that way, but it's still the truth. And you might be an anomaly, but I've also never seen you drive, so you might just be like the rest of them too. But uh, man, it was a hassle. And, uh, and then the other thing that I was reminded of is I love my family so much, but I'm so glad that uh, I moved out of the house when I was at the end of high school and I'm living somewhere else now. And it's great, and our relationship has been so much better now that I've moved out. And, uh, and they're awesome, and it was a blast. But what we did to close out the holiday season and, and this kind of trip out to Montreal is my wife and I, we went down to uh, Vermont because not a lot of people know this. I didn't know this until like a couple of weeks ago, but Vermont is like two hours south of Montreal, and which is really, really cool. And so we were like, hey, before we go all the way back to Waterloo and before we get back in the rhythms of life and the groove and all the incredible things that are there, why don't we just take a couple of days just for ourselves? Uh, we'll kind of leave uh, our little dog with my family so we don't have any responsibilities. We'll just go down to Vermont and, uh, and we'll hang out there for a couple of nights. And so we did, and it was a blast, but uh, how many people uh, just, like, 
really, really, really don't like crossing the border into the United States. I've done this, and it's just like, man, I do not like it at all. Like, right away, I just feel like a bad guy. You're in the line, and then you're, like, getting ready to go, and you're just like, oh, like, am I hiding stuff? Like, is, am I allowed to bring this stuff in? And you're, like, seeing all these signs as you drive up, and it's like, no marijuana, no alcohol, no tobacco, all these things. And I'm like, do I have that stuff in my, in my car? Like, I don't think that I do, but I, maybe. I don't know. It's, like, in my tire, like, in the wheel well or something like who did this but um I'm getting like so nervous and 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 there's this giant lineup of cars and so we're waiting and I'm getting more and more nervous and we get up to the guy and I'm just praying I'm like God please and what I did is I was like I'm not gonna anticipate any questions I'm not gonna think of any answers I'm just gonna be honest because I got nothing to hide and so we get up there and we pull up and like I roll down the window and like my heart is beating like crazy and uh and I look up and uh, the guy just kind of looks at me he's like hi and I'm like hi and then he's like, can I have your passports? And so I pass him the passports, and he goes, what's your name? And immediately, like, I don't know anything. And I'm like, uh, uh. And, he, and I'm like, oh, it's Jared. And then he's like, and who's with you? And I was like, uh, this is my wife, Elizabeth. And I'm like, so, like, I forget everything. He goes, what are you doing? Okay, we're going down for a couple nights. We're only going to be there a few days. Then we're coming back. Business or pleasure, we're just going on vacation. And then he's like, where are you staying? And I'm like, uh, because I didn't prepare any of these answers. And so I was like, I think it's the Holiday Inn. And he's like, you think it's the Holiday Inn? And I was like, oh, okay, you're one of these guys. <laughs> so then I'm like, Beth, just like, okay, one second, we'll look up the reservation. Like, Beth, if you can look that up, that'd be great. And then he's like, uh, does some like clicking on his computer. And then he goes, uh, when was the last time you were in the States? Now, this is a question I have no answer to. I have no idea. And so I was like, uh, I don't know, maybe like two or three months ago. And then he goes, he gives me one of these, he goes, Two or three months ago? Dude, what the heck? And I was like, I, I don't know, man. Like, three months ago, I, I think. And I know he can see the answer on the computer. So I'm kind of, like, asking, like, three months ago. And he goes, and then he says this to me. He's like, I'm asking the questions. You're not asking the questions. And I was like, what the heck is with this guy? I felt, like, so gross. And I was like, I don't know, man. Two months ago, it was in Buffalo. I, I don't know what else to tell you. And he's like, um... He's like, oh, it's in Buffalo. Okay, that's fine. And then I get the reservation of him. I'm like, look, this is where we're going. He's like, okay. And he's like, what's your profession? And I was like, oh, I'll get him with this one. And I was like, I'm a pastor. And he's like, oh. And then uh, basically he's like, okay, you can go. And so he let us go. And it was fine. It was a good time. We made it into the States. It was amazing. And, uh, and really the trip was like, it was a good trip. But like Vermont is cool, but it's not that cool. There's not that much going on there. We went to Burlington, and it's like pretty mediocre. And, um, and we, we drove up to the Von Trapp residence. I don't know if you've ever heard of this place before. It's like the Sound of Music where they filmed that. And uh, that was cool. And it, we, like, we, it was a big, like a big mountain that you had to get up. And we were driving up there. And we put it in Google Maps because I'm in the States and I have no idea where I'm going. And we're driving up to the, this place. And we see a big sign that says Von Trapp residence. And then it's like a big arrow pointing up to the right. And all the cars are going that direction. And I look down at Google Maps and it's telling me to go straight. And so I'm, like, kind of watching all these things. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to go straight. So we go straight. Little do I know that uh, Google Maps is taking me, like, the most sketchy way up to this place of all time. We turn off to this, like, unserviced gravel road. And uh, the incline just immediately goes, like, from this to, like, this. And I've got summer tires on my car, and it had just snowed the night before. And there were no barriers on either side of this road. And so, like, I'm, like, gripping the steering wheel like crazy trying to drive to the top of this. And uh, I keep, like, asking Beth, I'm, like, how many, like, miles are we away from this? She's, like, half a mile. Oh, oh like, one-third of a mile. Oh, like, one-quarter of a mile. It keeps, like, 
shrinking, but I'm like, this is taking so long. But we make it up there, and it's beautiful, and it's really cool. And, uh, and that was like, that was the trip. That was it. And we didn't really do so many things, but the, the thing about it was that we got to spend a lot of time together, which was nice. Like, the only two, like, mark- remarkable things in the three days that we were there is the fact that this guy gave me a hard time at the border, and we took a weird, sketchy road up there. Like, those are the only cool things that happened. But what was really, really nice about it is that we just got to spend a lot of time together. Like, we, we didn't really do too many cool things. There were not a lot of activities. We shut our phones off. We bought a couple of snacks that you can only buy in the States, and then we just, like, sort of sat in the hotel room and talked about stuff and, like, um, like went for a couple of walks and just, like, went down. We found, went to a Kohl's and bought some, like, bathing suits and then went swimming in the hotel pool. Like, we didn't really do anything. And you're all like, why is this guy telling us all about this trip to Vermont? Like, this doesn't matter, bro. And uh, it does a little bit. And it matters because the, the, the really cool thing about the time that we had together is that we actually just had time together. And we spent a lot of time just hanging out and just talking. And, and you know, as you spend time with somebody, things come out of you that uh, you maybe didn't even know were there. And that if you didn't know they were there, they certainly didn't know that they were there, right? And so there's things that just started to come out in our relationship that I didn't even know, like, were causing problems or causing conflicts. And I didn't even really mean to tell her about them. They just sort of started coming out. And, and, and it's stuff that can't come out between, like, getting home from work and then cooking dinner and going to sleep. It's stuff that is, like, you got to, like, it's like Shrekky and you got to peel, like, all the layers back off of the onion. And it just, it takes time to do that, Right. And we got to sit together and, and just take time together, and all this stuff came out. And I got to hear, like, hey, when I do this, like, this is what I, I mean by this. And she goes, oh, I thought you meant, like, this. Oh, no, like, I didn't mean it like that. And, okay, great, that's good that you clarified that. And when I do this, and, and we got to share all of this stuff, and we got to get excited about this next year. And the thing about all of this, and the reason that I'm sharing it is because we would have never done any of those cool things. And coming into 2020, we're feeling really strong. We would have never got to that place if we didn't take the time together to start to unpack some of those things in our life, right? And the trip, it didn't really have cool activities, and it wasn't very, like, fun on its own. But we spent a lot of time together, and it was just us, and we shut everything off. And, and I think that as a, as a society, one of the things that I've noticed, and I mostly just, like, am looking at myself and then seeing this in other people, is that we're very, very, like, activity-focused as people, right? Like, what is the activity that we're doing? Oh, we're going on vacation. What are the activities that we're doing? Or, like, what am I going to do today? Or what am I going to do tomorrow? Or you meet somebody and you say, hi, my name is X, and, like, what's your name? Okay, great. What do you do? That's the question that we always ask. Like, we attribute so much value to the doing of things, the activities of people. If I play a lot of music, I am a musician. If I play a lot of sports, I'm a, come on, these are all the answers I wrote down to you. If I do a lot of business, I'm a, if I read a lot of books, I am a nerd. Just kidding. <laughs> Probably really smart and doing well in my life is, that, is the answer that I'm saying. But, but really, like, we, we put so much value on the things that we do as people, right? If we do a lot of this, they become this type of person. And the activities, I don't know what, what, like, where it came from or what it is, but I just know that we do it a lot. It's just like, what are you doing? What am I doing? What are we doing as a society? What are we doing as a people? And sometimes we fill our life up with so much doing to ensure that we actually feel good about all the things that we're doing. Right? So when somebody asks us a question, we can give them a good answer with all the things that we're doing. Right? Just like, uh, to take an example of this, like going to the gym. 
hey, you go to the gym, maybe you go into the gym like five or six times this week, and it was a good thing, and, and somebody asks you like, hey, did you go to the gym? Yeah, man, I'm really going to the gym. It's like five or six times this week. It's going really, really well. And I mean, like in the meanwhile, you're going to the gym, and you're just sitting in the massage chairs the whole time, right? And they're like, hey, what have you been working on at the gym? I mean, like I've been working on my lower back a lot. I've been working on like my glutes, like back of my legs a lot. And, uh, and it's just like, you're going to the gym, but why are you going to the gym? What are you doing there? Like, do you just go to the gym to say you went to the gym? And, and I think we do it not just with, like, gym and, and, and personal routines, but we do it uh, maybe like you're, you're a student in this place, and you do it with, like, school, or you do it with, like, your lectures, right? You go to your lectures. Hey, man, you've been going to the lectures? Yeah, I've been going to the lectures. Are you feeling good about this midterm? Yeah, man, I've been going to all the lectures. I'm, doing, I'm feeling really strong about it. You take the midterm, you get, like, a 31 on the midterm, and you're like, what is going on here? Meanwhile, every time you're going to the lectures, you're just streaming, like, The Office on Netflix the entire time that the teacher is trying to teach, and then you're going, like, why didn't I do well in this lecture? It's because you, you actually weren't doing the thing. You were just doing the thing. You know what I mean? Like, you weren't actually engaging with it. You were just showing up to check a box. We can do this with work, too, right? People punch in at 9 and punch out at 5, and what did I do in the last eight hours? Probably two hours of, of focused work and then uh, a lot of trips to, like, the coffee machine and, like, a long lunch and some conversations and things. I'm not saying this for everybody, but each of us have this area, these different areas in our lives where we might just be, like, checking a box. You know what I mean? We're just checking a box. We're checking a box. We're checking a box. And so when it comes to, okay, now I'm, now I'm doing the gym and now I'm doing work, and I'm also doing like a little thing on the side. I'm taking some distance education courses. It's going really well, and I've, I've got these friends, and I'm hanging out with them on Friday night, and I've got these friends that I'm hanging out with on Saturday night, and I've got all these boxes lined up, and I'm doing all of this stuff. Check, 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 and really what we're looking to do is there's this big like gaping hole inside of us that's eating us alive, but we're trying to fill it with all these like different boxes that we check, so when somebody asks us a question, how are you doing, or how is this going? We're going, yeah, I'm doing that thing. Yeah, I'm going to the gym, or yeah, I am, I'm going to school, or yeah, like I've got a great career, and, you know, I'm, I'm working, like, nine to five with salary job. It's going really, really well. And, and really, there's this, this emptiness inside of us because we're doing things, but we're just doing things. You know what I mean? Like, can you relate to this? Is this, is this landing? What, what about this one? Yeah, I went to church this week. Came in 10 minutes late, sat in the back and left during the last song, but I went to church. Right? Yeah, I've been reading my Bible a, a whole lot. Uh, you've been doing some really good quiet time, getting up early in the morning, reading my Bible. It's been, it's been great. Yeah, in those 30 minutes, like half the time I spent uh, meal planning for the week and, and shifting money around in my brain so that I can get a new like pair of AirPods. And uh, the other half of the time I was like doing all this other stuff. And the news was on in the background. I wasn't really watching it, but it was on. And it's like, but I, but I read like 10 chapters of the Bible this week, right? And I mean, people who, who know me well is like, I'm just describing like shot for shot myself and the things that I'm like, wrestling with right now is like I'm doing the stuff but am I just going through the motions of what it looks like to have a relationship with God or do I actually have a relationship with God how much of our relationship with God or our lack of relationship with God is dependent on criteria or boxes that we've defined or that people have defined for us and how much of it is actually dependent on knowing the person who is Jesus so I read that that passage and it says Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. There's this saying that I've heard, talks about um, we're doing so much of the work of God that we never actually get to know the God of the work. 
We fill our lives with so much activity. But the desire may be a, a real, honest, true desire to know God, a real, honest, true desire to be in relationship with God. But we've just kind of boxed all of these things that we're checking so that we can feel like we're moving in a good direction, but never actually truly knowing who God is. And listen, this is just like, the reason I want to bring this up, the reason I want to talk about it is because uh, oftentimes I think it's an easy, easy pattern and an easy rut to fall into. And it's not a rut that needs to exist. It's not the, it's not the life-giving relationship that we see defined in Scripture. This is not the thing that God sent his only son for to actually, like, create a way for us to be in a relationship. This is not, the, the, the relationship I'm describing is not the type of relationship that God sent Jesus for us to have. Right, the type of relationship that we're supposed to have with God, that we have access to, is one that actually fills a, a deep part of our heart. The one that we might be filling with all of these other boxes and all these other relationships and all of these other things that we're doing. But it's actually fulfilling a, a deep, deep part of us. And the more that we get to know Jesus and the more that we spend time with Jesus and the more that we get around him and have a better understanding of him, the more that we will be transformed to be more like Jesus. Right? We'll be transformed to be more like Jesus, and we'll be experiencing and knowing who God is as opposed to just hearing about him or maybe reading about him. There's a deeper depth of relationship that God has for us than just, here's the box that I've checked. Listen, I'll take it a step further because I think this is something that, that again, is a really like, it's a deep problem that takes a little, maybe a little bit of time to wrestle with. And so why don't you open your Bible to Mark chapter 1. Just flip again really quickly to Mark chapter 1. We'll have it on the screen. If you didn't bring a Bible tonight, that's okay. Mark chapter 1, verse 29. I'm just going to read it and just like, just listen as we read it. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. Verse 32, that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Like, what does that mean? Verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they explained, everybody's looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else for the nearby villages, uh, to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I've come. So he traveled through Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. So we're reading, we're reading the Bible, right? We just read a big, long passage there. And the first thing that our brains will go to a lot of the time is, man, Jesus just did a bunch of stuff. Like, what does this mean? Like, he just did a lot of things there. He healed uh, his friend's mother-in-law, and then all these people brought him all of these sick people, and then he was, like, casting out demons, but he wouldn't let them say his name. And why wouldn't he let them say his name? And then he, he like, got up the next morning, and he did something, and then everybody was looking for him, and then he, he didn't stay there, and he went to the next place. And I think sometimes when we read the Bible, when we read Scripture, specifically the Gospels, the 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 books in the Bible that actually share about like the life of Jesus and his day in and day out that are written that look back on his life here on earth. When we read these things, sometimes as we read them, we get so caught up in the actions of Jesus and what he's doing and why is he doing it and thinking through all of the practicality of tracking with the story of Jesus. And we miss out on reading a passage like this on who God actually is, who Jesus actually is. Not only what did he do, like that's, that's important what he did, but, but how did he act? And who was he to the people around him? 
You can see like in this that he cares so much about uh, Simon and Andrew that he, he went and took time out of his day where probably there was a lot of people around and, and went and healed his mother-in-law. And then all these people were brought to him and, uh, and there's just like a big crowd around him. And so he healed all of these people. And then the next day they all wanted him to keep doing it. And he said, no, 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 there's like more people that we've got to continue on and we've got to do. Just like it's in between the lines of scripture that we read about the character of Jesus coming out in things. And the most significant piece of this, the most important piece of this is verse 35. We can throw it up on the screen again. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Sometimes we read the Gospels, or sometimes we read the Bible, or sometimes we read the story of Jesus, more to understand the things that Jesus did and less to understand the person that he was. And this is something that just, like, pops out of this scripture to me, so bright and so clear. It's that very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. It's cool. In, in this, as we're, as we're trying to like talk about, okay, how do, I, how do I know God? How do I have a, a more filled life? How do I live with the overflowing of who I am, being the fruits of the Spirit, being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of these things? How do I let that stuff bubble out of me? Because it's really hard to just like live like that on my own. We see this, as we read this scripture, we see the example that Jesus sets in that he gets up. First thing in the morning, he leaves the house, he goes off to a solitary place by himself, and he begins to pray. He goes off, this is like, this is God in flesh, fully God and fully man, and he's prioritizing his relationship with God the Father. First thing he does, he wakes up in the morning, he says, God, I'm just going to go with you. And he went there to pray. He just got away from all of the things that were happening, and he just spent time with the Father. And I think for us, uh, just a question I want to ask is, when was the last time that you just shut off all the distractions around you in your life, right? All the external things that come in, all the television, all the phone, all that other stuff that, that just is asking for your attention all the time. And then quieted yourself enough for the internal distractions of, man, what am I going to get on that paper? Or what am I going to do about this project? Or what am I going to do about this relationship? And took a moment just to quiet all of this stuff and just to sit with God. Just to be quiet and sit with God. Have you ever done that? It's, just, it's, just, it's a question because I think for myself, I've spent a lot of my life reading the Bible just to see what Jesus did. Or even just to like understand the teachings that Jesus taught. And those are significant and those are important. But even more important than those things are the person of Jesus. Who he is. See, the, the, the Bible is significant. The Bible is the, the word of God. We call it the word of God. It's the actual words of God. And it's important, it's significant, it has a lot of authority, it's got a lot of significance in our life, it's important to be reading it. I'm not trying to like advocate to not read it and only just to like sit and pray, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is the word of God is important, the words of God is important, but even more important than the words of God is the word who is God, the person of Jesus. And are we reading our Bible to see what Jesus did or are we reading a Bible as a way to understand who Jesus is and how he relates to us and how we relate to him? Again, it goes back. This, this passage is stuck out to me really, really deeply here. It's Matthew 7, 21. Again, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I'll tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Let's not get so busy doing the work of God that we never take the time to get to know the God of that work. We have a value here at Slate Church that we talk about, um, and it says, that as a church, we're Jesus-centered and spirit-led, right? As a church, we want to be centered on the person of Jesus. We don't want to, like, what we're doing here to glorify anything or anyone other than Jesus. 
We don't want to be loving people any less or any differently than Jesus loved people. We want our passion and our strength to come from our relationship with God. We want to be drawing more and more people into relationship with Jesus. And we also want to be led by the Spirit of God. John 16 says this, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. This is Jesus speaking. So we want to be led by the Holy Spirit because he makes known to us the things that Jesus would have us know. So we want to be Jesus-centered and spirit-led as a church. But being Jesus-centered and spirit-led as a church is just actually uh, being a community of people. Uh, the sum is just like, the, the whole is just the sum of its parts. And if we want to be spirit or uh, Jesus-centered and spirit-led as a church, we need to be Jesus-centered and spirit-led as individuals. right? It has to start on our level, just with us as people. We can't just claim that like value as a church. We actually have to live that out as individuals. Matthew uh, 6, 33, it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Set our hearts and our focus and our minds and our attitudes first on Jesus and everything else will come with that. If you want to take a minute, Ben, you can pop back up here as I, as I close tonight. I just want to, want to talk about this even a little bit further in, in understanding the person of Jesus and the fact that as we desire to have a relationship with him, he also desires to have a relationship with us, right? As we gather around the word of God and as we dig into it and as we desire to know God more, there's also a desire from his side to actually know us more as people as well. And I think the, the challenge and the struggle that we have is that we'll get in a moment, we'll take time, we'll set it aside, we'll open up our Bibles, we'll read our Bibles, and we'll do it not from a place of actually wanting to allow God to see the, the deepest parts of our heart, but we'll do it from a place that now we can walk out of that moment and say, okay, I read my Bible, I must be one step closer to Jesus, as opposed to saying, God, you actually can see the deepest parts of me, and you know that thing that I'm struggling with, and the time that it takes to actually unravel some of that stuff. My challenge to us, even just this week, is what would it look like if we took that time to just sit and be quiet with Jesus? What would it look like to actually get alone and, and minimize the distractions in our life and minimize all of the things that we do and minimize even, even just like bringing our Bible to just read through, just even minimize that and just quiet our hearts before God and say, God, I just want to know you more. Can you just start to reveal to me some of the things in my own heart that maybe I'm, I'm not understanding well or that I need to change or that I need to grow? What would that time look like if you just quieted yourself? Maybe you brought a, a, a notepad with you and a pen, and you just sat before God, and you just started to, to write down some of the things that he was speaking to your heart, right? What, what would that change in your life? And then, and then you can begin to ask and just say, God, even in a quiet moment like this, we're working through some of the things that you've brought out in me. Like, how can I start to change these things? How can I, how can I develop? How can I grow? Maybe even in a moment like that, say, God, here are things that I know that I can't change. I can't just love this person more. I can't just have more joy in my workplace. I can't have more peace when I go to this place or to this place. I actually need you to, to step in and do something in my heart about that. What would it look like to actually just sit quietly before Jesus and say, God, I, I need you to reveal stuff, and I need you to give me the strength to actually grow in these areas. Come on. What it, like... For us, as a church, I just want to encourage us to be people that actually love Jesus. That don't, that don't just go in and out and through the motions of, 
of, of church and of reading the Bible and of, of having a mentor and connecting with each other and all of these things, I want to really see in us, and, and a lot of us have it, and it's an incredible thing, and I think it's what draws a lot of people to our church, but I want it to even grow even more is this love that we have for Christ, to actually just truly be passionate about him. Because out of that comes a love for all the people around us. Out of that comes a love for our neighbors and a love for our family and a love for ourselves. But it starts with a love for Jesus. It starts with a relationship with God, an understanding and a knowledge with Jesus. And if you want to get to know him more, you've got to spend more time with him. It's not about the activities of what you do or don't do. It's about the time that you actually spend with God. And again, it comes back to, yeah, we want to love Jesus more. Why do we want to love Jesus more? Why do we care so much about actually, like, knowing Jesus and loving Jesus? And why do we care so much about loving the people around us? The Bible talks, it says, we love because he first loved us. That in our, our brokenness and in our confusion and in that hole that's inside of us that we often try to fill with all of these boxes and things around us, God actually, beyond all of that stuff, he, he looked at us and he loved us and he had compassion on us, cared about us so much that even though he's so holy and he's so good and he's so set apart from the day in and day out of our life, he did everything in his power to create an opportunity for us to be in relationship with him. He did the one thing that, like, that would allow that to happen, which was to be to send his son here to earth to die, to take on our sin, to take on all of the things that keep us separated from God, to bear the weight on his shoulders, to die on the cross as a sacrifice for all of those sins, and then to allow us to have the freedom to be in relationship with God. To at any moment in our day, stop and pause and say, uh, God, like, are, are you here with me? He's as close as the mention of his name. But that only happens because of the sacrifice of Jesus. So we love him because he first loved us so much. While we were yet sinners, while we were so far away from him, he had compassion and he loved us. So come on tonight, why don't we just stand all across this place? Thanks so much for watching. If you were impacted by the message today, you can send us an email at mystory@slatechurch.com. And if you'd like to learn more, you can fill out one of our online connect cards. We would love to see you at one of our Sunday services and make sure to stay connected by following us on any of our social media, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.